There is treasure in and beyond your pain. What you seek is seeking you, beloved. To feel, transmute and alchemize pain is your power. And this power is within you right now. If you'll only give yourself permission to access it. To tune in to the truth of who you are. To allow the healing of your soul. Self-healer. Rise. Hi beloveds and welcome back to Beautifully Empowered. I am so excited to share a beautiful conversation that I had with Cassandra Wilder, who is a naturopathic doctor and the leading expert in women's cyclical health and menstruation. And we talk all things period love. I just, I am just so excited to share this with you. Cassandra talks about why we have this disempowered perspective regarding our periods. She talks about the misconceptions and health risks of the contraceptive pill. PCOS, what you're not being told about sanitary products, the causes of hormonal imbalances and what we can do to create hormonal balance, the causes of menstruation symptoms and how to reduce them, the importance of knowing when we ovulate and so much more beloveds. This is really a really potent conversation and it's going to be very, very empowering for you to stick around. And so without further ado, let me introduce you to Cassandra Wilder. I honestly am so excited for this conversation. <laughs> I've got like a big oh. smile on my face. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. I'm oh. super excited. How have you yeah. been? I've been good. Um, we just got like six inches of snow today. So it's like a winter wonderland here. <laughs> Where are you again? I'm in Utah. So up in the mountains. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Very cold, right? Very cold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Where in the UK are you? I'm in Manchester and it's super cold here too, so. <laughs> is it still pretty closed down there or is it getting better? Um, you know what, I've not really been paying attention, but I think we still are in lockdown, yeah. I think we've been in lockdown for quite a while now, yeah. Yeah, my um, my mom grew up in Wales, so all of our family over there is still locked oh, yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like it's crazy, but like I have a, a really heightened not heightened, but like a you know, I tend to keep a high perspective on everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I tend to see I don't know, the the pos- I won't say the positive, but like yeah. How we're like moving forward in consciousness throughout all of this, if you know what I mean. So yeah, I love that you're, yeah, you're keeping the higher perspective, as you said. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. You, so you're not in lockdown, surely not, still? Not really. I mean, every state is different here, but Utah is a smaller, like, it's not as populated as L.A. or something. So mm-hmm. it's pretty normal. Like, you know, you have to wear masks, like, at the store and stuff. But other mm-hmm. than that, it's pretty open. So I feel grateful amazing amazing I always say there's always ways out of things like that as well like you know for me personally anyway there's so many exceptions for people not wearing masks so Mm -hmm. yeah I I kind of know how to kind of like move around things as a sovereign being you know I love that (laughs) see I like you already Amy I'm like you're my yep (laughs) I'm so like my friend said to me the day she was like Amy 
I can see the fire in your birth chart. Like you are so fiery. And I'm like, uh, yeah, my birth chart is like, it's like half water, half fire. Like, and mm-hmm. since the whole COVID thing, like I've just like, I'm just spitting flames everywhere I go. I'm like, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, I'm, it's refreshing to talk to someone that gets it. So this is great. <laughs> I love it. I had yeah. to, uh, at, the, at the beginning of everything, I kind of, I realized I was being very, I wasn't keeping a neutral perspective. I was being quite like, you're a sheep and you're this and you're that. And like, you know, really like getting into the whole separation of it all. But I'm really starting to see now that everybody's just, I guess, and I don't know if this is the right way to put it, but like, like I think you can see people's state of consciousness now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like how, yeah, how bought into the fear they are and mm-hmm. the anger and yeah, totally. Yeah, like, especially here, because if you're exempt, and many of us are exempt, it's just most people don't know. Um, you know, we, a lot of people wear these lanyard um, passes around the neck. So those that are ex- medically exempt, which is a lot of us, um, are basically showing that with these passes they wear around the neck. And then there are those that um, wear masks. I don't think that it's an issue I guess if you wear a mask I think it's just again free will choice isn't it and right how you kind of play in the game <laughs> exactly exactly and I don't know if it's the same there but there are some businesses here that that you know they don't enforce it if you go in without one mm-hmm. but on the door you know they have to put like you have to wear one to come in yes. so it's yeah it's also kind of like fun to learn what businesses that you even want to support you know oh my goodness I'm so glad you said that I, just, <laughs> I, I honestly think this whole coronavirus is just amazing because it's like I do feel that also the people that are enforcing it as individuals I think they're projecting their childhood trauma onto people Mm. because they see you as a threat like I I literally have had so many people in my face screaming at me and I've just had to like hold it together and just be like okay that's okay but this is my free will choice and I am medically exempt so thank you very much and I'm gonna move forward you know and it's like People are telling me, I've noticed with the, the projection, it's always, you need to wear a mask. And I'm like, excuse me. Oh, is that your cat? <laughs> it is. I'm like, Shh. <laughs> Oh, my God, that is so cute. My neighbor's dog's barking as well, so you'll probably hear that. But And I'm always like, oh, she's so cute. <laughs> but honestly, I'm always like, you know, I find it interesting when you when you see things from a heightened perspective to really pay attention not really to just what people say but the energy behind the words like oh you need to wear a mask and I'm just like wait a minute I know what I need to do do you know what I mean like I know as a sovereign being what I need to do and I feel like the sanitation thing it's like well sanitize your soul my love (laughs) (laughs) yeah seriously like yeah if you think wearing a mask makes you a better person or something like yeah girlfriend you gotta there's more issues here exactly and I'm just like you you're wearing a mask but then you're pulling your mask down and and, and eating the like the worst food ever and then saying you need to wear a mask I'm like honey I don't go up to you when you're you know buying your food and I don't pull things out of your basket and say you need to stop eating that right <laughs> you know what right. I mean? oh man uh oh gosh I just I really love that you are so awake and wise and and I love that you um like yeah you're having fun pushing the status quo oh I love it 
I'm just like, I'm waiting for someone to tell me what I need to do because I love having this conversation. I'm like, okay, calm down. Let's walk to the side and let's talk about this. Like, just calm down, love. <laughs> right. Yes. But that's, yeah, everyone needs to freaking calm down. Just, just calm yourself. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is uh, the first time I've spoken about all things period love on my podcast. I'm super excited. Like, I'm just super excited to, to like, yeah. shut up and let you just talk. <laughs> but I have a lot of questions though Cassandra yeah well do you, I'm, I'm ready for it okay so my first question well it's not really a question it's just something I've ob- ob- observed um observed yeah observed um is that like the average perception that women have of their own periods is that it's quite a disempowered perception like I always hear people say things like I hate my period I need to stop bleeding, like, my period is an inconvenience. Like, what's your perception on why women are so disempowered when it comes to their awareness of their own menstrual cycle? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> but I think we fear what we don't understand. And because so many of us got very limited info about our bodies or, you know, the info we did get was super awkward and uncomfortable and very medical and kind of beyond what we could grasp even at such a young age Mm -hmm. yeah we we grow to just fear it and to not understand it Um, and then that breeds this disconnection further into our life Uh, and then we kind of like the icing on the cake could be then we're also having severe period problems or pain so we have this momentum now to really hate it and resent it and want to disconnect from it further Um, and then we end up you know 30 40 years old wondering why our periods are so debilitating and why we can't get pregnant and why we're not ovulating. And it's a vicious cycle we've been locked into. I love that. Well, I don't love the fact that we're trapped into a vicious (laughs) cycle, but I love that you've explained that so well. But literally my next question was going to be, you just kind of touched on it there, but you know, when it comes to us having heavy period pains um, and heavy bleeding, uh, missing periods, Um, all of those I've had before except the missing periods because I kind of have a really regular cycle but what are these symptoms actually communicating to us because we just tend to think like it's normal like that's the way it should be right we really confuse common with normal in our world so because most people we know have period pain or trouble getting pregnant or yeah spot in the middle of their period we kind of just shrug it off like well that's just the way it is and I'll be honest the medical community kind of perpetuates this too because unfortunately if you do have a chronic period problem then you probably know what the average quote (laughs) solution is by a medical doctor and that's well just get on birth control delete it remove it replace it Um, not well wow let's get to the bottom of this and figure out what's actually going on for you so that's just again another another angle to it that that perpetuates the well everybody has period pain whenever we have a debilitating symptom or something I say that takes away from your quality of life then we know that something is awry and something's not balanced in the body I think it's empowering to start to look at symptoms like messages from the body Mm-hmm. And so rather than getting you know angry and upset, like, gosh, what's wrong with my body? I don't understand. My body's falling apart. <laughs> you know, these, these really intense <laughs> limiting beliefs. It's so much more empowering to take that step back and to just ask, wow, what is my body trying to tell me? Because 
the body doesn't have any other way to communicate with you other than symptoms. And if we don't listen, the symptoms just get louder until we have to notice it because now we're bleeding for 20 days or we our period disappears or the pain becomes unbearable. So that the biggest thing I think I could tell anyone that has a chronic period problem is just listen. Your body's speaking to you. So what is it trying to tell you? I love that. I literally entitled my podcast a few weeks ago, Your Body's Speaking, Are You Listening? And I think that's mm. so beautiful because it's like, I love what you said there, like the symptoms, it's literally a way of communicating to us because how else would, how else would we know what is, you know, balanced and what's not? Unless exactly. we have some sort of signal from the body. I just think the technology of the body is just, oh, just amazing. It is. Yeah. And when you realize that, you're, you're so much more compassionate, too, because we're not seeing it like a random breakdown. <laughs> we're seeing, like, <laughs> there were layers to this, and I just have to trace them back. I love that. I am going to come back to the pill in a minute, though. But um, I wanted to just ask you, um, what causes hormonal imbalances? Ooh, well, that's a big question. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, no, it's <laughs> a good question. Just a, it's a juicy one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, hormone imbalances are so common in our world right now. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, one certainly is putting very young women on birth control. So they've never even had time to get a hormone balance. They've never had time to get into a normal ovulatory cycle. And then we delete that whole function and and yeah we can touch more on that in a minute but yes. that does not set someone up for long-term hormone balance that is the recipe for severe issues down the road um environmental toxins certainly our sanitary products our food and water quality i mean we kind of know all these things but the other component is stress at the root of most chronic hormone imbalances by the time it's manifested to a thyroid issue or an estrogen dominance or something if we trace back the layers it almost always comes back to the adrenals. So seasons of stress. Um, and the, the tricky thing with stress is often people come to me and say, you know, my life's amazing. I do all this self-care, but now suddenly my body is having a lot of hormone issues. And so we have to trace back maybe two, three years, 10 years and see where that stress started. Because when you're in a state of stress or in that fight or flight, the body knows it doesn't have time to have an issue because it, it doesn't know if it's a bear trying to eat you, you know, or, <laughs> or work stress or a relationship stress. It, it sees it all as the exact same thing. And so it's always later that it finally catches up with us when we think we're actually like doing good, right? And really nourishing ourselves, then it catches up. So there's so many layers. I love that. I want to, I wanted to tie this in. I wanted to just ask you, how can we create hormonal balance? But then you mentioned the sanitary products. Um, So could you speak on that, the sanitary products? I'll try to not go on a soapbox. (laughs) Listen, I'm here for it. it. (laughs) Good. You know, it's funny when you the more I learn about hormones and our cycles and everything, the more kind of fired up and almost a little angry you get because we've just, we've been lied to at every angle and it's hard to not just get pissed off. (laughs) But it's, you know, it's righteous anger. That's the way I see it. It's like Jesus like flipping tables in the temple. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. That is true. The anger fuels the revolution, certainly. Yes, yes. 
So with sanitary products, with our pads and tampons, there there's a lot to that. But the key thing to know is they're considered a medical device, which means manufacturers are not required to tell you what is in the products or how they're created. Um, so it's all been independent tests that are starting to show that most pads and tampons, for example, test positive for glyphosate, uh, which is, you know, Roundup, like Monsanto, like the worst company in the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so we're testing positive for a thing that we know is a carcinogen causes tumors and cancer in rats. And yeah, you're like sticking that up in your vagina. Nice, right? Um, we also see that these are testing positive for dioxins, uh, which are uh, kind of a, a connection to mercury. So one of the most toxic substances known to man, mm-hmm. uh, they test positive for genetically modified cotton. So, I mean, the rabbit hole is deep here and It's, again, just no mystery to me why so many women are struggling with their reproductive health, why their estrogen is high, because we're getting xeno or false estrogens from these products often as well. Um, So one of the greatest tools that we can do to take that back is switch sanitary products. Stop buying products from these companies that have no interest in your health, but instead want to perpetuate you bleeding more and longer because then they make more money. So period panties, menstrual cups, all of that is not only good for your health, but it also stops supporting companies that are pretty sinister. Yes, very. I love that. I use the the panties and mm-hmm. the reusable pads and I just it just I just I just love my period. It's just yeah. so glorious. <laughs> it is, especially yeah, when you get that like feeling of free bleeding, it's just yeah. lovely. Yes, I love it. I love that. Thank you so much. Um, How can we create hormonal balance? Yes. Another, it's a juicy question. (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you're asking such pointed questions. This is important. So for hormone balance, we have to start with the foundations, which is lifestyle. Um, So what I tell my clients is you can't out supplement a bad lifestyle, meaning people come to you ready for you know, some capsules or something, and they don't like the changes that are also important to do in their lifestyle. Meaning we do have to look at stress. We do have to look at the foods you eat because some foods will balance and nourish your hormones and others will disrupt it. We have to look at exercise because if you are like an avid CrossFitter or spin enthusiast or hit kind of person, um, if you're already in a stress state, this is absolute gasoline on the fire. So most exercise has never been tested in women of reproductive ages. So we've been very lied to in terms of what health even means on a nutritional and exercise level. I That's a whole other that. tangent. I, I know. Because it's like, you know, if you're running every day, surely you're in that adrenaline state. Exactly. Yeah. And then where most people are already... Yeah, most people are just teetering on the edge as it is. And so mm-hmm. a lot of athletes especially find that they get sick over time. Wow. Yeah. Um, And then we have to look at, of course, what the adrenals are doing. So whether it's from your exercise or your food or your lifestyle or a trauma or something like that, we have to look at building back the adrenals so the body can learn it's safe to heal, especially if... You know, a lot of people, for example, may say their issue is they're not getting normal periods or there's big gaps in their period or they're not ovulating. 
the reason the body typically turns off ovulation is because it says it's not safe for us to get pregnant right now. There's too much stress. Yeah. So again, it doesn't know if that's because there's something gonna that's going to eat you yes. <laughs> or work stress. It just says it's not safe to get pregnant. It's not safe to have a little baby right now. So just turn it off so it can't happen. And that's where the issue is beginning that's creating the lack of cycles or the irregular cycles. Um, so yeah, when you really start to boil it down, you just find yourself in awe of how wise the body is and how all of these little mechanisms are in place to help us. But our bodies were not meant to live in the amount of stress that most of us have every day. It, it, yeah, and it makes so much sense because it's like you would only really run that fast when in danger. And so constantly mm-hmm. putting that constantly having adrenaline pumped around your body surely yeah like you said your body's just not not gonna feel safe I love that Mm -hmm. yeah and the more we heal our hormones the more we can you know restructure some of this I'm not definitely not saying like you can't ever do a hard workout again or something but don't run beloved I know I mean I don't want to run so I'll take that (laughs) advice but um but yeah that's that's the thing. When people come to me as a client, often it's after years of this stress and they are so run down that literally they their doctor's order from me is no running and no intense workouts and we have to start at the basics. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um you mentioned about the supplements there for a second that we can take to support um hormonal balance. Do you recommend any? Yeah, there's some good ones that probably could benefit most people. So for adrenal support, especially a a high quality fish oil is just Mm -hmm. incredible. Uh, One of the most essential things, a good vitamin D and magnesium Mm -hmm. every single day. Um, Vitamin C is another really key one that will help the body manufacture progesterone and low progesterone is, is just a a common kind of uh, a common denominator in a lot of the period issues. Mm -hmm. And then don't discount the power of the food too. You know, if our estrogen is high, we can eat lots of extra leafy greens to help the body detox the estrogen. And if PMS tends to be the problem, that may mean progesterone's low, but it could also mean that blood sugar is not being managed. So what are we eating in that second half of our cycle? Are we getting enough good carbs to be Mm. able to keep insulin balanced? So it's, yeah, it's pretty astounding when you look at it all. Oh, just the body. I just, I just, <laughs> say. I just, I'm just so, yeah. I just wanted to ask you a personal question right now in terms of maca powder. I just recently started using it again and um, I haven't used it for some time and I started to feel really nauseous afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. not even afterwards, just quite soon after having it. Is that something that can happen? I have heard of that, yeah. And can I ask what, what the specific reason was for you to choose maca? It was for hormonal balance, to be mm. honest. Um, and I made sure I got the organic one as well. And I, yeah, I kind of remembered when I t- took it again, because I haven't taken it possibly for a year and a half. I remembered why I stopped using it. Mm. And I think it was because I started to feel sick. Um, and I, I'm not, I would never put myself in a situation where I feel sick. Right, right. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to, I was like, I have to ask you this question today. (laughs) Yeah, I have heard that from a number of people. And maca is really nutrient dense. It's, I will admit, not usually my first go to 
kind of tool, yeah, I don't I don't see it move the needle as much as some people say that it does personally, okay. but I'm not discounting it. Um, mm-hmm. So my only suggestion then would be maybe when you consume it to put it in, in a pretty hearty meal. So maybe it's something more than just a smoothie or a drink or something so that the body has a little more to work with in digesting. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to rest, I love to rest on my menstruation, <laughs> just especially the first two days where I'm just feeling super tired and obviously feeling like anemic. I used to be anemic, by the way, which I actually healed that um, by going plant-based. But and I've noticed a lot of women kind of feel very, like almost like they don't deserve to rest or there's like shame around it. Like how can we move beyond that shame of feeling tired and wanting to rest mm-hmm. when I ask my clients this because usually people have a resistance they look at me like I'm crazy when I say do you rest during your period or what do you do for you and they look at me like Cassandra I have kids I have a job I have a husband like I have a million excuses that as to why that's not possible for me but when we get deeper because there's always the exterior like reason or excuse but when you go Mm -hmm. deeper usually it traces back to I feel like if I'm not productive that that makes me less worthy of love Mm -hmm. so we attach being busy with meaning we achieved something or we were worthy or we did good or something so we we detach from this idea of rest we think of it as selfish and lazy and yeah, when it's it's pretty wild the beliefs that we have. And I think this comes from the martyr syndrome. We as women think that we have to be perfect. We have to always take care of everyone else. We take our nurturing abilities and we <laughs> we put them on steroids, you know, oh. so where <laughs> we pour and pour and pour and then pretty soon our cups empty and we're still trying to pour and we're like why is my hair falling out and why am I bloated and why can't I lose weight? Well, that's it right there you were so depleted because you've put yourself last Mm. so with the rest component when we look at our cycles and our hormones and usually that's what I do with my clients when I start to show them how their hormones change throughout the month and how they dip super low during your period and that's why you're tired and that's why you have a natural desire to slow down Mm -hmm. it kind of clicks for them and they start to realize like wow I have denied listening to my body my entire life and I don't want to do that anymore I love that I love that oh doctors thank you so much um (laughs) doctors often recommend the pill for women that have polycystic ovary syndrome and this happened to my friend it's not happened to me personally but I know a lot of people well not a lot of people a handful of people and I have read a lot about this um what's your opinion um on the pill being the only way to manage that i mean obviously i'm gonna be really blunt here hey, be blunt. i love it <laughs> <laughs> and just to, to you know set it up i don't want to say that if you're on birth control it's bad and there's there's yeah. potentially a time and place for it but most yeah. people when they know how birth control works they see you through it and they see that it's not a fix like we've been told it is mm-hmm. So in my professional opinion, putting someone on the birth control pill that has PCOS is a huge disservice. And I think that's lazy medicine. Mm -hmm. I know that those are bold words. But why I say that is because birth control is not going to fix these issues these women are experiencing. And we're just prolonging 
a very, very slow decay in the reproductive health. So these are the people that at 35 are now going to be told there are so many cysts, we maybe we should do a hysterectomy. These are the people that are going to be put on an abundance of drugs to try and manage symptoms and pain. And it's heartbreaking to me because I often look at these women and I hear these stories from these women and just think, where was the one person that could have been their advocate and said, but let's trace back why. Because PCOS, they say, is incurable. However, the symptoms can be managed for life 100%, meaning you can be symptom-free. Mm-hmm. So if we know that, then why are we blocking and deleting our hormone cycles? Why are we removing our body's ability to even make its own hormones? Why are we deleting ovulation? All of these things in the body that are trying to help the problem. Like, Where have we gone so wrong? You know what I mean? And I love that question because it literally is the dis- disconnection from the body. We're disconnected from ourselves. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's deep. I mean, what are, your, what are some of the misconceptions um, regarding the pill? The biggest one is that it fixes your period. I hear that all the time. Just get on birth control. It'll make everything better. But, again, it will never fix your period. All it does is it goes in. And it deletes your period. So when you bleed while on hormonal birth control, it's not a period. It's a a withdrawal bleed. Synthetic. Exactly. And that's shocking. So if you've been on birth control 15 years, you actually haven't had a period in 15 years. You're just having a medication-induced withdrawal bleed. Yuck. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's that. It's also never going to fix any of the period problems. So say you were put on it at 16 because of acne or period pain or irregularity. Most women are afraid to get off of birth control because those symptoms come back, which I think is the only proof you need that I didn't fix it. It was masking and suppressing it. And so this is where a lot of people reach out to me ultimately because Mm -hmm. they're scared to get off because they're like, I'm 32. Like, I don't want to look like my, my skin is you know, like I'm 15 again. I don't want the breakouts. I don't Mm. want the facial hair. I don't want the bloat, but I'm scared. Um, And it's a valid fear. It's a very valid fear. So yeah, it'll never fix your period. It'll never remove the issue that's at the core. Um, And there's even the question of how will we bounce back after birth control? So a lot of doctors will say, no worries, just stay on birth control till you're ready to get pregnant. And then you should, you should be able to get pregnant. Um, and that doesn't happen for a lot of women because mm-hmm. some forms of birth control turn off ovulation. So it tells the brain and the ovaries on a cellular level, stop talking to each other. Mm. And then we get off it. And then six months later, we're sad that we can't get pregnant. Well, without some intentional support around it, how do we expect the body to just remember how to do a process we deleted for so many years? Um, The fertility question, too, in terms of if birth control affects fertility is pretty unknown. There's shockingly not many good studies on long-term effects of birth control. So we're kind of the guinea pigs right now. Those people that have been on birth control, I know, comforting, right? Um, So especially if you were put on birth control very young, like 12, 13, 14, um, and you've been on it for, you know, 15, 20 years, there's a huge unknown in what that affects Uh, how that affects your body in fertility moving forward and if a consistent period can be attained, as sad as that sounds. 
Yeah. And it is interesting what you said about the side effects because I was on the pill years and years ago. It was only for about a year. Um, and I experienced just horrible side effects wow. and um, just awful. And I feel like it was the same with um, medication because I was, I went through a really rough patch and I was on a medication for anxiety and then I wanted to come off it. I was on it for about seven months something like that and I was just like you know I was I've always been I wouldn't say anti-medication but I've just never been for it um and I know I want to be compassionate to anyone that is on medication for a minute I'm just talking from my lens here my perspective but coming off it was the most horrifying headaches and fatigue ringing in my ear for weeks it was like I can I can't imagine somebody that's been on medication for like 30 years and trying to come off it Right. And just, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot, isn't it? We're just, you know, well, I, I won't t- touch too much on that. Um, that might be quite sensitive to my listeners. But um, what would be your advice to someone who wants to come off the pill? Mm. Or if there are any healthy options or. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're feeling like and I think honestly, a lot of women that are on birth control know that they don't want to be on it, but they're just afraid because they're not sure what their other options are. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are lots of options. And we can touch on that in a minute if you'd like. But yes. um, if you're afraid of getting off of birth control, especially because you were put on it for something fairly significant, like the acne or the pain or the irregularity, set yourself up with success by starting to rebalance before you even get off of it. So when I have clients say I have a number right now that are still on birth control, even though they're working one on one with me, Mm -hmm. because I want to set them up two to three months before they get off to start to replenish the minerals to start to support their modes of detoxification, and get things primed so that those things do not like flare up or explode when they come off. So um, yeah, starting to look at what your birth control method depletes and rebuilding there. So like the pill is going to lower magnesium and zinc, selenium, your B vitamins, those would be your starting points to to start to prepare your body for that transition. In a perfect world, we'd always have the practitioner help. Um, but I'll be honest, the average like gynecologist may not, <laughs> they, you know, they're not trained in that stuff. Like they, they might be like, what do you mean? You just get off of it. Um, but in my, you know, training and, and experience, that's mm-hmm that's not the best setup usually Mm. and what would you say to someone um that says that birth control is the only way to prevent pregnancy because I do hear that a lot I would tell them to read a book I'm just kidding yeah like (laughs) you 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 just need to read my love like Uh, yeah but yeah it's that misconception and if someone wants to white knuckle that belief like then they're going to white knuckle it it's just that's what it is but for people that want help and want answers and that are hungry for those tools. Uh, What I teach my clients is cycle tracking or the fertility awareness method. And not only is it 99% effective when done correctly, Mm -hmm. uh, but it's also really empowering because you start to see your cycle in a whole new lens. Like rather than just being like once a month, I get a period. Now we're like, whoa, I've got phases and I've got cervical mucus and my temperature changes. And it literally takes me 30 seconds a day to do it and I have the exact report card for my cycle so cycle Mm -hmm. tracking also tells you how your body's managing stress what your thyroid is doing better in in some ways than any test or lab could show so yes (laughs) I love that all empowerment back to the woman come on now yeah exactly exactly I love that 
Do you think it's important for women to know um, when they're ovulating? And if you do, why? Hugely. Ovulation is the star of the whole menstrual cycle. Um, <laughs> it really is. And whether or not you're ovulating tells you a lot about your health. A lot of people think that just because they have periods means they're ovulating, but that's not necessarily so. You can have periods and not be ovulating. And so this is where, again, with clients, one of the first things we do is, is start to track to see if they're ovulating, because if they're not, this has a whole other ripple effect. If you're not ovulating, your body can't make progesterone. Mm. If your body can't make progesterone, you're probably going to have really bad PMS half the month or PMDD even. You might feel like your blood sugar is irregular. You might feel like your body is aging prematurely. You might be spotting in the middle of your cycle. Mm. Um and so isn't it interesting that those, again, might be our exterior issues, but the issue is you're not ovulating because of X, right? The stress or whatever. Um, so, yeah, ovulation is absolutely key. And I think knowing whether or not you're ovulating is the best way to have a, an immediate check-in with the health of your body. Because if you have one month where you don't ovulate, likely you'll be able to reflect on that last month and say, and I know why. Because mm -hmm. I went through a breakup or because I was moving or I quit my job or there was something kind of traumatic. Mm, I was going to ask you then, um, what would you say to someone that misses their periods? Mm, like for a prolonged amount of time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just be so kind to themselves. It's, it's really, a lot of women feel a huge sadness when their periods go missing. Like at first we might be like, oh, this is great. Yeah. And then we start to realize like, this is not good. This is kind of bad, or I'm not comfortable with this, or I'm worried about what this is really meaning in mm -hmm. my body. Um, so start with tracking your ovulation, because that'll tell you potentially why it's missing. Um, and start at the stress level. So for people with amenorrhea or anything like that, we have to look uh, at the stress, but also how much food are you eating? Like, are you eating enough? And what is your energy expenditure? Or how much are you exercising? Because if those three things are off, the period disappears. Mm. What's your advice for someone who struggles with PMS? Oh, so much to say. Um, <laughs> take well. it away, my love, take it away. <laughs> There's kind of two layers. We could say physical and emotional. So physically, what's suspected to cause PMS is just an imbalance between cortisol and progesterone. So too much stress, not enough progesterone. Progesterone is supposed to be a very calming hormone, which is why it's supposed to be present in the second half of your cycle so you don't have PMS. But obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, if it's low, um, the problems arise. So there's that, you know, we can look at hormonally what's going on, but the emotional layer, we might think of PMS as premenstrual syndrome, but I'd like to reframe that for everybody. So instead mm -hmm. of PMS meaning that, what if it could also mean prioritize myself? Oh! <laughs> meaning, I know, isn't that great? Meaning... The women that tend to have the most PMS are the women that tend to be the most ambitious, go, go, go women that don't stop for anything and are really good at self-neglect. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So they're also the women, you know, that when you're in a session with them, they're like, self-care, like, that's a waste of time. And you're like, honey, <laughs> yeah. like, that's, 
this is where the issue is beginning. Mm-hmm. Remember that your, your symptoms are messages. So if you're not starting to slow down towards the end of your cycle before you bleed, your body starts to rev up in these PMS symptoms because it's saying this is when you're supposed to be slowing down and you're not. So please pay attention to me. Mm. So PMS is the issue. Look at what your boundaries are like, how you care for yourself, the last time you did self-care, all of that. Mm. And that's why I was like, yes, yes, yes. Because I was like, I was going to ask you, do you think that women work against their cycle? Mm. It, our world teaches us to, yes. Mm, and do you think that's that we're self-sabotaging when we do that? Yeah, 100%. And honestly, I think that's why these, these uh, period issues are so common now. Like, literally, I feel like I can't talk to anybody um, and, you know, share what I do for a living and have them not be like, oh, my God, I need you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's everybody. Everybody has some struggle here. Um and it's, yeah, it's because of this this cultural mindset of go, 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 hustle culture is so glamorized, um, and we're taught that we're supposed to be able to do it all. And if you can't, then you're like a subpar woman or something. It's very, very yuck. It is. And you know what? I, um, I read you posted about the seasons of our cycle. Would you be able to expand on that? Yeah, so when we talk about our menstrual cycle and our period, they are two different things. So your your period's just when you bleed. Your menstrual cycle is the full month-long cycle. And when we look at the menstrual cycle, there's four phases of it. And sometimes when we go through those phases, nothing really connects or sticks out because they're just medical terms and there's not a lot to them. But when we connect it to the, the seasons, we all know that energetics and the feeling of a season. So it really connects. People finally feel like, oh, well, now I know how to eat with my cycle and now I know how to exercise because I'm looking at it in a format that makes sense. Mm. So if you look at your four phases, we could start with our follicular phase, which is right after your period ends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's seven to 10 days long, but the energy here is spring. And after a long winter, we all know what spring feels like. We're, I think we're all like daydreaming of that right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we feel like wow, I can come out of the cave and I feel a little more energetic and I want to be outside and I want to be social and I want to be present. And that's how you feel in your follicular phase too. So your energy levels are increasing. You feel good exercising. Your body craves, you know, really nice green leafy meals to help with uh, estrogen detox. Your ovulation is your inner summer. So we feel our most fertile, our libido is high, our energy is at its highest points, our hormones are surging, like just you feel great, just like you would at a you know <laughs> beach party in the summer or something. Life is good. Uh, our luteal phase is our inner fall. And the luteal phase is the longest phase of the month. It's 10 to 14 days. Mm-hmm. And it's also when PMS can be very problematic for people. Mm. So our inner fall again is kind of that death decay phase. So this is, you know, if we didn't get pregnant, the egg was not met. Um, it is a death, right? It was a life that didn't have the chance to be created. So everything is releasing and preparing for this, this flushing out energy of the period. Um, and just like in fall, you know, on like a cold October day, you crave stillness you crave taking care of yourself and hearty foods and warm teas and extra time relaxing same exact thing Mm -hmm. and then lastly your period which is your inner winter your hormones are their lowest 
your energy levels are lowest. You're the most introverted, the most uh, introspective, and mm-hmm. everything is calling for you to just rest, to hibernate a little bit and observe what is. So, yeah, I, I think it's fun to look at it like seasons. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, how do we sync our periods to the new moon and why would we do that? Good question. So traditionally around the world, uh, many years ago before artificial lighting or cities or anything like that, most women in small villages and cultures synced together. And we can still do that. If you grew up with a sister, you probably used to get your periods at the same time. It's just a cool thing that science doesn't understand, but it happens. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty, that's pretty fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was an idea of bleeding together on the new moon, which is the time of releasing and letting go. And women would retreat into these red tents or moon lodges and bleed onto the earth. And it was a really beautiful honoring practice of periods. Um, But now in our modern world, most people don't bleed with the new moon. Um, We're surrounded by artificial lighting, uh, which really is the main thing that disrupts our Mm -hmm. bodies from connecting with the moon. Because you have to think years ago, if you were, you know, say living in a tent or a teepee or something, The only time there was light at night was when it was a full moon and the rest of the time it was pitch black. And Mm -hmm. so now our bodies have no clue what moon phase it is because we've got nightlights and phones and TVs and street lights and obscene light. Um, Mm -hmm. Light, uh, what do they call it? Um, I forget the term they use for that, but just light everywhere. So to sync your body to the new moon, you there's no like right way to do it or in terms of like when you menstruate, but some people like the energetic idea of menstruating with the new moon. And to do that, it's recommended to sleep in pitch black for three months. So that would mean everything. No salt lamps. If you have a TV in your room, putting a sticker over the little light. If you have a smoke detector covering the sticker, like literally zero light, blackout curtains, oh. The full thing, which ideally for your brain health, especially, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Um, benefits your cycle, too. So you do that for three months. And then for months four, five and six around the full moon, you would just turn on one small light in the room for three days. Mm. Um, and that's it. Your body will be synced then with the new moon because it'll finally know light equals full moon. Darkness equals new moon. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's just so cool. I love it. It's like, it's so funny because like I'll go, because I, where I am now in my flat, I literally don't really turn my lights on. Like I'm, my lights are always off. I have like two Himalayan salt lamps and mm-hmm. I allow the natural light to come into the living room. Mm-hmm. And I really started to realize um, years ago before I really understood what that was, it was just, I just naturally felt that these lights give me headaches Um and I just feel more comfortable around natural light to the point where I'll go around to a family member's house and they'll have like the lamp on and the light. Um, one of the speakers has flashing lights and I'm just like, every time I go around, the lights go off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so funny. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> um, I've never actually done that, by the way, like synced my period up to the new moon. I actually, I think I bleed on the full moon I think it's either the mm-hmm. new moon or the full moon but it's yeah um is there anything that you want to share with my listeners anything that we've not discussed anything mm-hmm. period menstrual related just anything 
Mm, what I am feeling is um, to actually grant some permission for everybody listening. Um, and that permission is to let themselves recognize their cyclical nature and to make peace with it, to let go of the rigid ideas about what productivity means, that we always have to be constant, that you must always be at your 100%. Um, and instead to recognize that on a on a DNA level, you are not meant to be that way. You have ebbs and flows, you go up and down. You're not meant to be constant and you're certainly never the same. So actually have fun with that dance and stop trying to force yourself into someone else's box of what they think you're supposed to be. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah, we all oh, need that permission. <laughs> we do. I love that. Oh, this has been the most delicious conversation. Mm. <laughs> I love. We, I have to have more of these conversations about. <laughs> Oops. Excuse me. Something just fell off my windowsill, but never mind. Oh, no. Do you know what's really weird as well? Like literally, this is the weirdest week ever. I've smashed my mirror this week. I've smashed, oh. what are those little glass things with the little sand in it and you pour it upside down and it times it for a minute? Oh, yeah, what are those called? But yeah, I like a little timer thing. Yeah, what's it called? An hour? Um, an hour glass. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, hour glass. Oh, mine's for a minute. Mine's not even an hour. <laughs> like, what the heck? Um, that smashed today. I've cut my finger three times in the space of two weeks. Oh, and I'm God. just like, I don't know if like spirit's trying to communicate something, but I don't know. Maybe I need to learn to like slow down a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Like it's hilarious, but um, oh, crazy! But um, oh yeah, this has been amazing. Can you uh, plug your social media and your podcast? Of course. So I'm on Instagram at Menstruation Queen, and my website's CassandraWilder.com. Uh, and then I'm the host of the Cyclical podcast, so I just chat about periods and hormones and all sorts of fun <laughs> divine feminine things. Oh, thank you so much. Mm, thank you. This, this has been amazing beautiful. and mm -hmm. so empowering. And I think as women, we definitely need to have more of these. Well, I know you do, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> we, need to, we need to have more of these discussions. I mean, me and my friends do all the time. Like we're synced up in terms of our, our periods as well. But we, we just literally love to sit and talk about periods and like just resting and relaxing. But for the collective and for those that are listening that maybe don't have these types of conversations, I think it's beautiful. I know my sister's really looking forward to this podcast, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I said I was going to post it today, which is Valentine's, but I just ended up posted a podcast three days ago. So I, I do need to leave a gap between the podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was really wanting to post it today. And it's 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 about nine o'clock p.m. here anyway. So I think it's a bit late for my listeners to be tuning in. So I'm going to post it in a few days. But it'll be worth the wait oh absolutely like I can't wait to listen back as well yeah oh, well thank you Amy <laughs> this has been so special thank you so much these are the conversations that I love to have and I love bringing on empowering people on this podcast platform so that we can have these conversations and just widen our consciousness it's beautiful to be able to have discussions such as this if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave this a five-star rating and review. Don't forget to connect with me over on Instagram. It's amyleticia underscore 777. And I will see you soon. Bye-bye.